Cameron, I feel like um, we need a new segment. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, we always do. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> we introduced them like candy. Um, but this one would be called um, Chance's Parenting Faux Pause. Okay. I keep making them, and I keep Loving using it. them for podcast content. Um, if you, I mean, if you don't, what's the point? So my, 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 my kid and I, we have a thing that we only do at church. And every time he sees me at church, he yells, I'm a gummy, and runs away. And I'm supposed <laughs> to chase him to try to eat him. Which, you know, weird, but not that weird. Sweet, um, I guess. But today, he he was really wanting to, like, play this out and not go to the car. <laughs> like, we gotta go to the car, dude. So we became a family of gummy bears. And we were going to the car together. Because no one was going to eat him if we're a family of gummy bears. Mm-hmm. Um, and this puts a song in my head. And I was like, oh, this will be a fun thing to do. Oh, no. Oh, no. So I played the I'm a Gummy Bear song. But I'm a gummy bear. Yes, I'm a gummy bear. Oh, you're done. Game over. <laughs> I've heard that song over 15 times today. Well. Rookie mistake. <laughs> that There's the faux pas. It's almost as many times as our friend Tim heard it from his fraternity. Oh, that's right. They tortured him with that song, didn't they? I forgot uh-huh. about that. Yeah, so it was like the final leg or whatever for them to be in the fraternity, which is mm-hmm. so messed up. Um, they're already paying so much money. Like, what's it matter? Um, <laughs> but I think for like a week, wasn't it? They did, Basically, unless they went to class, they had to be in the basement of their fraternity house. And that song was just on loop 24-7, the Gummy Bear song. I'm sure there were other things too, but that just sounds like hell. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. As someone who was living it. <laughs> but I will say, you coming up with the idea to be a family of gummy bears to get to the car is very bluey of you, and I give mad props. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah, that was good. That You're was good. Really it's great. Be out of the song that you failed. <laughs> High marks until the song. Until this, I, I don't know. It was just a, a lapse in judgment. I, I've seen others make this mistake, but I just never thought it would happen to me. Um, Welcome to the club. I know exactly, exactly when the last uh, moment they say, because the last lyric is lollipop. I know the moment that that ends and I turn it off. Because on Spotify, if you let it keep going, it'll create a playlist that starts with the, the crazy zebra. That's like, Mm-mm. I don't think yeah. I'm aware of that one. I can't. Guess I'm fortunate. Also, be aware of it's raining tacos. Oh, that one's fun. Um, breakfast burrito. Oh, I don't know that one. It's my favorite food. Uh, not if you hear it that many times. It's not. <laughs> You'll have a sense memory. <laughs> okay, it's probably true. It's probably true. Um, oddly, Asher's favorite song is "My Songs Know What You Did in the Dark" by um, Fallout oh, Boy. Um, it's his favorite song ever. He he wants it all the time. So light him up. Yeah, and I I like hated didn't like that song to begin with very much. Then like descended into hate, and now I've got this weird kind of like well, Stockholm syndrome is what it is. <laughs> where, where I'm just like this song is comforting. I know every every note good perfectly. So well. This has been Chance's Parenting Faux Pas, a new segment that I'm sure we'll hear a lot of, and I'm sure I'll add some too. It's true. He just sees a lot of my parenting faux pas. It's good. You're sharing wisdom. Yeah. Don't 
Play the Gummy Bear song. <laughs> no, for not for a five-year-old. Almost six. Not, or anyone. Six. Just anyone. Yeah. Let's just collectively, as a society, erase that song. There's got to be the master file around somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> An Ocean's Eleven style heist to just to delete the Gummy Bear song. From the Spotify and YouTube. Probably like LimeWire or something has a way to do Yeah. <laughs> He doesn't know how to pirate. If it's only illegal, on if it's only there on the dark web, I'm okay with it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's got 10 years before he starts doing that. Well, so I guess I, I should add this part of the story real quick before we close the segment fully. Um, I, I put a Google Home Mini in our kitchen so we could like listen to music while we cook or do dishes. Um, and he's really been enjoying it. He gets it to tell him stories a lot and stuff. But now he knows if he just yells, hey, Google, play the Gummy Bear song, it'll just start playing. So I may have turned off the microphone of the Google Home Mini and told him it was broken. See, that's that's a good one. So, whoops. Hopefully he never listens to this. Hopefully he never listens. <laughs> when, he, when the song dies out, because all day, all day he's been running in there, hey, Google, play the Gummy Bear song. <laughs> so that mic is off right now. Then I told him I'd fix it later. Then you'll be a hero. Or you just triggered mine to start trying to play it. So <laughs> <laughs> technology. I'm so sorry, I was trying to say it fast enough so my phone wouldn't register it. It, it hadn't. So okay. hey, Google, play the Gummy Bear song. <laughs> oh, straight up, it's trying to do it. Hang on. Hey, Google, stop. Okay. <laughs> This is what gets into trouble, though, because it's going to try. Oh, now it's putting it on the TV in the living room. My husband is going to love you guys. Brought to you by Panasonic, unless someone real decides to sponsor us, this is Boy Meets World Fever. I'm one of your hosts, Chance. And I'm your other host, Cameron. You don't know why Panasonic? They do toothbrushes. Oh, wait. Is that not the picture taking people? <laughs> no, I don't oh, think so. <laughs> I messed that one up then. Are they Polaroid? Do you mean Polaroid? I didn't mean Polaroid. Like, they do cameras and they did in the... It might be. Maybe I'm the one who's wrong. Let me look. Let me look now. It's an industrial conglomerate. I thought yeah. they did these. They do cameras. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm the dumb one. Not that I ever called you dumb. Okay. They they still do cameras and stuff. So I'm okay. Good. Okay. Because I feel like they also were a big producer of VHS. Yes, that sounds right. So, um, but yeah, Cameron, we are not alone. We have no. another person who also remembers VHS because they're old like us. Sorry. It's okay. I'm embracing it. <laughs> um, so why don't we sing her in? All right. Here she is. Because Deanna Wasson, Deanna Wasson, coming on our show, Boy Meets World Fever. It's what she's doing. It's good to know I got friends who will always podcast with me because it's Deanna Wasson. Woo! 
that's pretty fun having your own name. I've heard you do it to other people and I've been like, okay, but it's kind of fun when it's you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> what a glowing review. It's like, all right, whatever. Oh, whatever. Me though. <laughs> oh goodness. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm great. Um, I see you can participate in our long running. We don't know how people feel about it segment. What you drinking? Um, so today I've selected a high noon. Ooh. Yeah. Black cherry is my flavor of choice today. That's a good choice. Mm -hmm. It's pretty tasty. It's perfect for a Sunday afternoon on, on a sunny day. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I thought I had some cider, but I didn't. So I poured some whiskey in a plastic cup. With so a lot of ice in it. And well, a lot of whiskey. What? It's a screwball. So peanut butter whiskey. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> well, I don't have anything alcoholic, but I got a half Texas sweet Texas chai, half unsweet George or peach cobbler tea. Ooh. Uh, Nikki had the peach cobbler. It's very cinnamon fruit, mm -hmm. which goes it pairs well with the uh, chai. Texas chai. Okay. I've been intrigued by that flavor, but I have not gotten to gotten did to you, venture out into it yet. Did you try the strawberry passion this summer? Mm -mm. It was very good. No, I was all watermelon over the summer. I mean, it's a good choice. Next yeah. time Nikki's on here, I'll, I'll have to um, let her explain her thing about watermelon flavor. Yeah, the uh, she, she peach cobbler's it. good, but I don't... It's not really a fall flavor to me. I feel like peaches are more of a summer thing. But have you had the ginger peach one? I think so. That's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it has the fall element because of the ginger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I feel like an apple would have been really good. It's very fall to me. No apples for Deanna. Well, mainly because I'm allergic to apples. Oh, and okay. so well, I well, that'll do it. Apples. And so it just makes me sad that they're so closely related to fall because fall is near and dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. But I can't consume apples. And so it's like this whole thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know this about you. It's true. I can have apple cider vinegar, but that is the only thing with apple in it that I can consume. If an apple <laughs> touches another fruit, then I can't eat that fruit. Like wow. cross, the cross contamination is pretty hard on it. Too. Yeah. Wow. That's so sad. I love a good apple. I used to as well. I developed this allergy in my old age. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Just reminds me of the office where Daryl's like, who develops a soy allergy at like 38? And why soy in everything? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Oh, goodness. Well, we're talking about your life right now anyway, Deanna. So why don't you tell us about your history and your history with Boy Meets World? I watched it growing up. I mean, who didn't love a good TGIF lineup, right? I know, right? Um, so I watched it growing up. And then in college, when it would like play the repeat episodes, I would watch it with friends. Um, we really enjoyed it. And then I didn't watch it after that. And it came on Disney Plus, and I was like, man, I need to watch it again. And so I've watched my favorites again since then. But I feel like I've seen a lot of the episodes multiple times because they used to run on syndication so much. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And now as an adult watching it, you realize how a lot of stuff didn't age well. But, <laughs> um, but I do. I still love it. And this episode in particular stays near and dear to my heart. After we finished it, James, my husband, was like, I just really do love it. I just really do. This is such a great episode. It's one of my favorite of all time. Wait, James said that or you said that? No, James said that. Um, he hasn't seen all the episodes, but he was like, man, I really do love this show. And I said, well, to be fair, this is a really exceptional episode. There are several that are not exceptional. 
but this one has just so many great one-liners that it's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I'm going to call it. This episode is our first big one of season six. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. I I very much enjoy this episode. I don't know if I'm calling it big, but I think I, I think so. It's iconic. <laughs> um, this episode, and we will get to it, did give me something that I like. I've just unconsciously done probably most days for my entire life. So okay, I can't wait to hear about that. The suspense is killing me. Um, we'll get to it. It's pretty early. You throw spaghetti at people all the time. Your spaghetti throwing <laughs> habit. Yeah, I'm, I'm brainstorming it now. But meaning um, to talk to you about that. We'll he, puts, he puts his feet in food at the dinner table. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Only if it's I never go eat with chance. It's so gross. <laughs> at his wedding, mm-hmm. it's like everyone's there with some pie, and he just starts chucking them at people. And pie is my favorite too. That was the best wedding decision ever. So were you there? You I were was at- there. Oh, me too. Yeah, I think I was there when we got on, and I was like, "Oh yeah," but yeah, I was there. Yeah, you were both at my wedding. Mm-hmm. How fun. I like to think of it as Nikki's wedding. I made a couple of pies for the wedding. That's right. You did. They were delicious. Mm-hmm. I think one of your pies is the only thing I got to eat at the wedding. Mm, the French silk? Please tell me it was the French silk because that was a good one. I think so. I went with strawberry, I believe. Mm-hmm. Which is oh, I, did, I got to share a piece of strawberry pie with my wife because that's the one she wanted to do her like cut the cake for. And then I got a piece of French silk. That's the one I made. I'm pretty sure it was that. Because it How definitely fun. wasn't like a fruit flavor. So it wasn't the pumpkin. So it had to have been the pumpkin pie in May. It was just too hot at my wedding. <laughs> it was too hot. Yes. Like, good, you're married. I'm going I'm going home now. I didn't who would have thought it was gonna be 97 degrees in May? With a group of motorcyclists next door. That's <laughs> true. They were they were pumping up the heat. <laughs> yep. Of course, now it's in. October and yesterday was 97, so yep. What's that? Global warming. Thank oh. you. We need fall, guys. We need it. We, we need do. it. We really do. We really do. Um, well, I'm going to give a synop of the episode. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, season six, episode six, Hogs and Kisses. Mm-hmm. We've got two stories that are not connected in any way. Nope. Um, so we'll start with the shorter one. Um, Jack and Eric have decided to launch a scheme where they just live completely proper, well-mannered lives whenever Rachel's around so that she'll stay with them. So for once, they're not competing for her affection, but they are being big fakey fakes to try to get her to stay. Um, And on the other side, Corey and Topanga are chosen to do like a promo video for Pembroke and Corey's terrible at it. And so Sean takes his place and he ends up kissing Topanga as part of the promo. And Corey, as is his way, just completely loses his mind over the whole situation. Completely. <laughs> Always. And there's one of those paddle balls. Yeah, there is. There is a I lot of toys. By the way, we can talk about it later, but I took a note about that paddle ball situation. <laughs> um, I have a lot to say about their dorm room, actually. Ay, ay, ay. But yes, we uh, open this episode on... Um, like they're Still filming in the... Student Union. That's what the word I was mm-hmm. looking for. Yeah. The what you call it. The, yeah, it was like the, the place with the thing. Where the students gather together. You know, um, a very inappropriate video. A very inappropriate Yeah, video. more heat. That's so <laughs> hot. Oh, I hate this. 
And not to mention, who chooses two brand new freshmen to represent their university? Yeah. That just yeah. seems weird. They don't know nothing. Also, like, I don't, that's, maybe that works for some people. I'm not coming to a school where they're, they're like advertisement videos, them just like going at it. <laughs> well, but there were comments that they made that made me kind of think of like some of the mentality of like, I'm just going to get, going to school to get my MRS degree kind of stuff. You know what I mean? I was like, ring by spring. Exactly. Ring by spring culture, especially in Oklahoma. Um, that I was like, yeah, I could identify with that. But I've never once seen a college video that was that long. <laughs> like, it should be like a 20 second clip of flowers on campus. <laughs> what is uh -huh. that? Yeah. <laughs> and like the president of the university talking. Right. Yeah. Right. An old white guy. And then freshmen that don't know what they're doing. Yeah. But Topang is great. Mm -hmm. She's mm -hmm. doing great. Opens the doors confidently, and Corey kind of like fumbles his way in. She's just like, I'm Topanga Lawrence, and we're here. Welcome to Pembroke University. And Corey's just like stumbling over his words. Mm -hmm. I can't remember all of them. No, I don't either. They were hilarious. But it's kind of my favorite thing watching actors pretend to be bad actors. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like so. I don't know. I mean, this sounds weird because they're actors, right? But it's so fake. Like, because mm -hmm. you, Corey's such an animated person. Mm -hmm. Just when that camera's on, he is just done. Yeah. Um, Which is but, funny, given how much he likes to be the center of attention. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> so he loves to be the center of attention. But he's just, maybe he's having an off day. Maybe he hasn't been triggered by something enough. I don't know. But he's just. Uh, he's, bad. he's bad at it. Please come to our school. <laughs> um, he's just fumbling over all the words, and they're like, "Cut, cut." He's like, I, "Finally." <laughs> yeah, I did like Corey's. Like, yeah, thank. I quit, and everybody cheers. <laughs> he's like, he's like, maybe take fifty nine will be the one. He's like, no, I knew since take thirty three. Yeah, we're just done here. Yeah, and Sean goes over to make fun of Corey in a in a good way. He's like. I can't wait to hear you about your curriculum. He's like, curriculum is a hard word. <laughs> That's right. Curriculum. Say that again. Curriculum. And then Sean gets discovered. Yeah. Everyone's yes. like, wow, curriculum. Because <laughs> he can say curriculum. Sean is smarter oh. of the two of them. What? Another piece of evidence that Sean actually is the smarter of the two of them. Yes. Oh, yes. There's so many at this point. There's so many. <laughs> um, were you guys ever in a commercial? That's my question. Yes, actually. I have been in a commercial. Surprise, surprise. What? Yes. Back Can in the see? day, I was a mascot duck um, for a nonprofit organization that did a rubber duck race as a fundraiser. And I was the mascot duck for the entire season of that fundraiser. So I would go out to like car lots to sell tickets for this rubber duck fundraiser and i would go to the actual event and anyway and so they they actually advertised it on mathis brothers um because mathis brothers was a big partner of theirs and so i was the duck in the commercial all for mathis brothers wow, wow. that's the strangest old job i've ever heard about it was volunteer i very i care i care this organization is near and dear to my heart and so i would do anything for them but that was my senior year of high school i did that as like a volunteer thing wow yeah Fun. for a couple of years but the senior year was when i was on the commercial wow yeah i have never been on i was just kidding. i'm about to be what? what yeah here in a couple of weeks my um brother-in-law who's been on the show 
he has like a video production company mm-hmm. and they're filming this commercial for like a beard product um, company. And I'm going to be the person in the commercial because you can't tell in this audio format, but I have a big beard. Can they professionally groom your beard for you? I don't know. They, they sent me some product for it. And so I've been using it and I feel like I've gotten a lot of compliments. Ooh. It's true. You told so you're me this. Asking a product you believe in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I support it. You you told me this at uh, at the funeral, but your oh, beard yeah. was very sparkly. Mm-hmm. It was so. the tears. It was, yes, it was the tears. The tears at the funeral. Um, that's why we didn't have an episode last week. By the way, Cameron had a had a funeral to do. Mm-hmm. It happened. But that's not what we're here about. No, that that's done. <laughs> that's done. Um. I just made it super awkward. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> Killed it. Sorry. That's the last time I saw you. Sorry. True. Um, but Corey's like, no, Sean, you take my place. Like, it's going to be great. And they're like, I don't know. Both he and Topanga. Topanga's like, we were voted the most charismatic couple of the freshman class. And the director's just like, yeah, where did that go? <laughs> Up to this point, the director's great. Mm-hmm. I think, I think he's still great. He's about to lose it for me here in a little bit. Okay. When he's encouraging them to make out. He's just like, yes, that's hot. Yes. More heat. More heat. And I'm like, dude. That could have been a network direction. He could have been told like a hot kiss at the end. I don't know. It just was, it was not all right. I agree. Um, but they, they agree to do it. And so Sean and Topanga are doing the commercial and it goes fine. Um, they're sitting there. This is when they talk about the, you know, many people meet their mates here, like mm-hmm. us at last year at the student union or whatever. Mm-hmm. Schnookums. Yeah, schnookums. Just what every college <laughs> recruitment video needs. Someone saying yeah. schnookums. You know, Ryder Strong can almost pull off schnookums, though. Almost. He, he can pull off a lot of things, but there's no way if I saw an ad and somebody said schnookums that I'd be like, that's the university I want to go to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I think you're yeah. right. It, it still misses, but anyone else who said it would have been like off like 20 points. He was only off like three or four. Okay, fair. <laughs> fair, he, fair. He was just like, that's right, snookums. <laughs> With a little dimple situation. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Very cute. Um, but this is, well, we didn't say this before, but Corey has said previously, when did I ever have a bad idea? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, this is when the bad idea Mm-hmm. It's like this seems like a bad idea. When have I ever had a bad idea? Classic um, um, line. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's Chekhov's line. Right. <laughs> yep. Chekhov's um, bad idea. Chekhov's bad idea. Uh, it would be kind of disappointing if he said that, and then the last rest of the episode just went smoothly. <laughs> like did the commercial, and then it's like, and then the plot comes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the commercial had nothing to do with it. Uh-huh. We joke, but there's some episodes left. True. <laughs> yes, it goes smoothly, and then the rest of the episode is just about Jack and Rachel and Eric. <laughs> yes. It's just a 10-minute-long food fight. Would it be that bad? <laughs> mm-hmm. But it sort of, it spills out across. It's sort of like at the end of Blazing Saddles. Have you ever seen that where it just, they, if I'm remembering that right, it's been a long time. But they, the end of it, they start having like a food fight or like a pie fight that just ends up spilling out of the movie and into the studio and across all of these other different films. Mel Mel, um, Brooks. I thought it was a Western Western. comedy. It is a Western. 
Oh, but it's got like meta pie fights. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's very Mel Brooks comedy. Okay. Of just like <clears throat> ridiculous slapstick. Also just kind of reaching beyond. Deanna, have you seen Blazing Saddles? You know, I've seen pieces of it. I hear it's an excellent comedy, but I've not ever watched it all the way through. Me either. I, I guess I didn't even know what it was. I was just thinking it was a Western. It, I mean, it mostly is. It is, but it's it's a classic from what people say, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I would have loved that, you know. Mm-hmm. They film the promo, that. it goes great, and then food fight. Mm-hmm. 10 out of 10. Probably. Well, we'll get there. I Best episode gonna, of the show. I was going to say something about the food fight later, but we're going to get to the food fight. We got to work mm-hmm. our way there. We don't. We haven't earned it yet. We're really burying the lead here. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they kiss. The director's mm-hmm. gross about it. More heat. More <laughs> heat. Yeah. Like Adam Driver in Star Wars. What? More. <laughs> Am I missing something? There's just a scene where Kylo Ren is yelling for more. Oh, okay. Apparently I'm just missing all of the cultural <laughs> touchstones of chance today. Which is weird. I normally play off them so well with uh-huh. both Not of today. <laughs> you I'm sorry, Cameron. I'm sorry. You know, it's okay. You can't get every single reference. It's true, but I missed two in a row now. You know, and I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. I just know the reference because I feel like I've heard so many kids reference it. Uh, that's probably true. I tend not to listen to kids unless they're mine. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, but five-year-old Asher wouldn't be able to help you there. So. <laughs> nope. I mean, I work with high schoolers, but I don't know what they say. Mm-hmm. They carry around Lululemon bags. I know that. Okay, that's fancy. Every single girl in our high school, I think I've talked about this on the podcast, so I don't spend too much time on it, but every single girl has the same tiny, you can't fit anything in it, red Lululemon bag mm-hmm. that they carry all day long. Which doesn't make any sense because you're having to carry that along with your all your other stuff too. Yeah, I've heard people put their lunch in it, and I know at least one girl in my student's first hour class carries pom-poms in it. I would assume she's a cheerleader. <laughs> She's just randomly carrying pom-poms around. Um, she sits right next to my student and puts it down. And I'm like, these are just pom-poms in that bag. I know that's not why other people are carrying. Well, you know, they can't use lockers now. So they need more bags, apparently. <laughs> yeah. So a little tiny, you can't really fit anything in it bag. That's pro- really expensive. Lululemon is not cheap. Yeah. I got really mad the other day because um, I looked up their prices with with Nikki. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked up the Lululemon prices and I was like, $69 for a t-shirt? Oh, yeah, it's insane. I was like, did you know what you could buy for $69? I think I even texted Cameron about it. I was so angry about it. Yes, you did. You said, would you rather get a t-shirt or Persona 5? <laughs> I did. I said game. I'd get Persona 5. Yeah. Who would Natural. choose a t-shirt over a video game? Or eight normal t-shirts from Target. Yeah, <laughs> Or sixteen from Walmart. Yeah, you get them at the you get them at the right time. <laughs> you could easily get twelve pretty nice T-shirts for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Cameron knows this. I buy a lot of flannel, mm-hmm. um, and I own a lot of flannel. But I always buy them when winter is almost over, and I like stock up for the next year. Yeah, um, I bought a Walmart flannel this last week um, because I needed it for an event. I, I just needed a nice dark shirt. Um, and I was like, ah, oh, Walmart flannel. 
So I went and I bought it. It was full price, and I felt like betrayed. Thirteen forty nine? Are you kidding? Where is the rollback? Where is the rollback? I know. I get these for five dollars. That's how much I buy them for. Whoa. Sad, but thank you for getting a nice dark flannel for my grandfather's funeral. It's true. Appreciate I, you. Actually, all the clothes that I wore to your grandpa's funeral I bought that morning because I didn't own any. <laughs> That's fair. I changed in the fitting room at Walmart and just wore them to the funeral. <laughs> That's really great. My wife and I were picking out clothes the day before, and I was like, all of my clothes are bright. And she's like, that's not true. And she looked, and she's like, you're right. All of your clothes are bright. You're just too, you're too bright. Chance. So it's like, I guess we're going to Walmart in the morning. So good. How did we get here? Um, I don't remember. Let's just keep going. Okay. Um, so the more heat. We're at more heat. We got uh -huh. there. Yes, more. that's where we were. Yeah. yeah. And Corey loses. Mm -hmm. They've yeah. got pent up passion for each other. Yeah, they've got so mm -hmm. much. Pent -up Clearly, passion. so Corey grabs the bullhorn and he's yelling at them to stop. Mm -hmm. And he, Sean's just like the director told us to. Mm -hmm. He's like, well, if the director told you to stab me in the heart, would you do it? Would you be yelling through a bullhorn at me? <laughs> Which is the right valid argument. <laughs> yeah, no uh -huh. joke. Yeah, I'd imagine um, that my possibility of stabbing someone in the heart would probably increase if they were yelling at me with a bullhorn in my face. Oh, yeah. I still, I still don't think I would. I mean, but you never know until you're in that moment. Yeah. You'd think about it at least. I could see maybe like a nick in the arm. Mm -hmm. For sure. Maybe oh, not yeah. a stab directly to the heart, but. Like at least a warning stab, like mm -hmm. take off some skin. Be like, do you want that to go the rest of the way? <laughs> I am capable. Um, yeah. So I'm just going to give a little disclaimer. The last two episodes, we have been very hard on Corey. Mm -hmm. To be fair, and we will talk about this at the very end of this episode because we have some listener mail about it. I think it's totally justified and Corey has totally deserved it. However, I have no intention of being too hard on Corey this time. Mm -hmm. In this particular instance, it's hard because it's not a random guy kissing your girlfriend. It's a guy that does know her very well. Yeah. yeah. And has known her for a very long time. Yes, and knows you really well, so it's cool to think, cool, we're friends, and so this doesn't mean anything, sure. But at the same time, if it were a random stranger, it would be easier to be like, yeah, they're never going to see each other again. Right. Yeah, there's, like you like you guys are saying, there's a little bit of justification, and it's just such a cartoon. The mm -hmm. whole time is such a cartoon. Like, I don't <laughs> even care. The next episode that features Corey with him in his dorm room in a wife beater, mind you, is a whole nother level, but... Yes, it's hilarious. Mm -hmm. I mean, is Corey mentally healthy in this? No. Definitely should, not. Should he have friends or a girlfriend? No. Is there so we go to the gym prior to filming this episode? Absolutely. He's been pulling that rubber band on the doorknob. <laughs> it really works. It, it gets you buff. I don't know. That's it. We're going to go on Shark Tank. <laughs> this is our idea. Mark Cuban's going to love it. Yeah, we're just gonna show the, these clip, the, these two clips back to back. <laughs> um, like, could I? Could we go off about Corey's unhealthy mental state? Sure, but I don't wanna. It's a cartoon. Yeah. I'm gonna treat it like a cartoon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, does someone talk about 
Bugs Bunny's unhealthy mental state. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, they don't. They probably should, but no. But yeah, what's the point? He's not um, real. So, Mike, you are free to listen. <laughs> I got that's how it always goes. Just saying, Mike, you're welcome. Yep. Um, we will talk about Corey, Corey's mental state at the very end after we've covered this whole episode. Um, is the next scene Corey in his dorm room? Or is it Jack and Aaron? So I think it is. I think it is. It's okay. him doing the Topanga. Yeah, he's yeah. watching the video mm-hmm. over and over, mm-hmm. crying. Yes. He's, he's Which is a professional. I would just like to say this is part of his problem in the first place. That's true. You Why are, are you a mental professional. What you're worried about. I forgot you are like a therapist. It's true. <laughs> We're glad you're here to help us through this one. <laughs> oh, oh, I'd love to get your take on the one where he berates the little girl. At, at the end. At the end. Fair. <laughs> little girl. Little girl. Um, but yeah, so he's just watching this video in a wife beater in boxers. Are they boxers? They almost seem like like boxer briefs. They're very tight. Yeah. Whatever they are. He's just Topanga. He's just watching it screaming, and then he rips his wife Peter in it. Which is just such a classic image of Boy Meets World, is Corey on his knees ripping his wife Peter apart, yelling out Topanga. (laughs) Is it my imagination, or does he call her a tramp? In the next scene, he does. Oh, he does. Okay. Oh, I did not. I don't think I paid close enough attention, but that makes me sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's... That's Maybe he was talking about Sean. Huh? Maybe he was talking about Sean. Like in a Lady in the Tramp kind of way. Sean's from the wrong side of the tracks. Oh, uh, I don't know. I'm really <laughs> just trying to bring this in Corey's favor. I was going to say, I need to rewatch this scene now. <laughs> he, oh, yes. It's the one where he's crying on the buff guy's shoulder. Because mm-hmm. I, his next door neighbor yells at him to keep quiet. But then they bond. <laughs> yes. He's like, no, you shut up. No, you shut up. I'm not going anywhere. Get him over here. (laughs) Come get me. And then he breaks down their door, which is kind of a running theme that I never really realized is that their dorm room door gets broken down. It feels like there should be consequences for that, but there never are. Yeah, there never are. No. I I can at least think of two more times that that door will get broken down. Which makes me really nervous for campus security, to be honest. Like you're... Putting out a video inviting all these people to come find love, and then you're not securing the doors for people. Yeah, you, you aren't like putting them up where they need to go. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I think they need a better maintenance staff. Yeah, this this is probably part of Cameron's point about. Uh, so we have an ongoing debate on whether or not Penbrook is a legitimate uh, institution of higher learning or not. Cameron mm. says absolutely not. Definitely not. Um, and I say, we have to wait and see. The evidence isn't in yet. Oh, the evidence is quite strong, actually. <laughs> I, the problem is that the the pro evidence is lacking. Well, that's right. That's true. I have no good evidence that it's a good institution of higher learning yet. But <laughs> yeah, I, you're just like, let's just wait and see. <laughs> but no, the evidence is in, and it just it's just proving that it's not. They do seem to make their doors out of plywood. So. Mm-hmm. Less than plywood. Yeah. Cardboard? I don't know. Although Corey can't navigate opening them either. So really 
<laughs> they they replaced it, but they replaced it with like a steel door. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, it's so true. Okay. Maybe I'm coming around on Pinbrook a little bit, but I'm still I'm still waiting for the show to tell us. Mm -hmm. You're coming around on the bad I side. It's coming for Pinbrook, and it's it's still not a good look for them. <laughs> no, no, it's no, not. it's really not. Um, so he breaks down the door, buff dude in a black wife. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, hello. Together. Yeah. But the image of Corey, like, on his knees with the ripped open shirt in, like, the boxer briefs is just so, like. It's wild. Huh? It's wild. That's why it's so, it's so far out there that you can't, it's like, yeah, I can't give him too much of a hard time because it's so cartoonish, like you said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can't be mad at him. Yeah. It's just such a cartoon. He's got the ripped open uh, shirt and the. And he's like, how whoa. Yes. <laughs> oh, whoa. And he doesn't uh, have to worry because he's so comfortably middle class. He can buy another shirt. It's not a big deal. <laughs> it's true. He's so privileged. His pudding trunks become a wife beater trunk. Exactly. <laughs> it's true. He actually just bought that shirt and like, made a little nip in it just so he could do that. Oh, surely. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, they didn't show the parts where he's trying to rip it in his anguish and can't do it. Like, <laughs> Perfect. I love it. I love it. And then we cut to just one of the most perplexing stories. Just, <laughs> I, I love like this story so cool. exists for the resolution of the story. What? The only reason this story exists is for the story to be resolved. It's true. But it's actually this scene. This very scene that has affected my entire life. Mm -hmm. I know it. I know what it is. <laughs> um, so we cut to Jack, Eric, and Rachel, uh -huh. and they are um, finishing breakfast. I guess I can't really tell what they're eating. I, I paused it and rewound a few times, and I couldn't really figure it out. But it insinuates breakfast because they sent her off with lunch at the end. Mm -hmm. But they've got mm -hmm. like, is tomato juice for breakfast a thing? Was it in the movie? Mary, it is. Called a Virgin Bloody Mary. <laughs> Maybe it's not a Virgin Bloody Mary. We don't know. I guess we don't know. I think Jack, though, with his stance against alcohol. That's true. true. That he would. Very I mean, there's weird people that drink V8. I don't know those people, but there are people mm -hmm. out there too because it's still on the shelf. Sickos. Yeah. yeah. They're like, would you like another splash of tomato? <laughs> yes. Yes. But how long have they been living with her as though they don't, she doesn't know who they are already? Like, this seems like such a weird timing to me. Yeah. Like you've been together all this time, and all of a sudden you're going to be from improper? You haven't been proper the whole season. Yeah, they've been treating her like a piece of meat that they're chasing all season. Exactly. So at least that hasn't, that's not the thrust of this story. Yeah. Like competing over her without her being aware. But yeah. feeding into the same horrible male stereotypes that men are disgusting pigs. Yeah, it's true. Which most of them are. Let's just be honest. The hogs of the hogs and cows. Well, I actually wrote down some questions, but I can ask you guys that later. I mean, feel free. I mean, like, this is toward the end of that scene when she leaves to go off, and then they're, like, behaving disgustingly. Yeah. But do men really, like, room two roommates just chill out with their pants unbuttoned? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, that just seems weird. That can't be real. Um, I would be lying if I said it's never happened in my life. But it's, is it the um, default? It's not the default, no. It's no, it's not the default. Uh Cameron and I were, were pseudo roommates at one point, and we were generally pretty clothed. Mm -hmm. At least shorts and t-shirts. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. And you got comfy clothes. 
Yeah, I mean, like, did we have a bachelor party one time where we all decided to play board games without pants on? Yes, yes, we did. Um, but why not? Yeah, but that's fair at that specific event. But they uh -huh. act like that's just normal every why day. Do we still have pants on. We're tired, so we're gonna like unbutton our pants. Like, no. what? What is that? Yeah, that's, that's not a thing. No, um, at the beginning of the day, like you haven't even started your day yet. You want to do that at nine o'clock after you ate some ice cream? You go for it, but you haven't earned it yet. You ate, you drank tomato juice for breakfast. Like, what's the deal? Yeah, you got to be more together than that. Exactly. Guys. Yeah, it's not, it's not ideal, and especially at the end of that scene, the show Eric like doing the classic like reaching down to put his hands in his pants kind of thing. Yeah, that's, that's not. No, that would just and make it weird. It definitely was breakfast because I wrote down, because these are two dudes, and after she leaves, they pull out donuts on a plate. Who pre-plates donuts? <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, it's still very proper. <laughs> For guests? But those donuts are going to dry out. You just wasted two and a half bucks at Dunkin' because those are dry donuts now. Yeah. You to be fair, most Dunkin' donuts are kind of dry already. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, and that's coming from a New Englander. Mm -hmm. I'm a fan. I I mean, the blueberry cake donut at Dunkin' Donuts, top tier. But, but you just think it's dry. It can be dry. Any donut shop that just says donut. I don't mm -hmm. do donuts. But, you know, if it's called donut, I feel like it's probably pretty safe. But. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, all of the little mom and pop shops that are always run by the nicest Asian couple. Mm -hmm. Every single time. Yeah. And that's that's true. And they always give you extra donut holes just because you order donuts. That's one. Yes, every single time. Every There's time. three oh, around right. us, and oh, every right. single one of them is that way. Yep, it's brilliant. Well, sorry, you put donuts on a plate, and no one does that. Mm -hmm. I used to go to one on my way to work in Norman, like almost every single day. And I obviously stopped because I live in Moore now. But the other day, I went there because I was in Norman. And the guy, the the owner, was like, oh, "You're here! It's been so long." <laughs> that is cool. That's so You're nice. Excited to see oh. me. I'm like, cool. Welcome home. Welcome home, Chance. And I I ordered my normal order, which is two kolaches and a donut. And he he ran to the back to get me fresh kolaches that just came out of the oven. Oh, brilliant! Okay, so, I didn't even have to microwave them. Yeah, he didn't even have to microwave. So. Yeah, go to local donut shops, guys. They're yes. at least in Oklahoma. I don't know about other places. One hundred percent local donuts all the way. Um, I would go before I went to Hertz or Dunkin' any day. Mm -hmm. Hertz is just overpriced and kind of gross. There's too much yeah. going on. on the donut. It's like a sugar bomb. Yeah, there's too much going on. It's not a donut. It's like a dessert at that point. And there's better desserts. There's better desserts. Exactly. Hi, we talked about this. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, <laughs> no. Don't plate your donuts and put them under the counter. I don't know why anyone would do yeah. that. Fools. Yeah. Um, I about the life experience. What? I need to know what the transformative life experience from this scene is. Yes. Yeah, so um, they're they're eating dinner, or I mean breakfast, and acting ridiculous, and then they do this just really stupid cleanup routine that I <laughs> laughed at the whole time, but still think it's dumb, and then. Uh, Rachel's like, I gotta go. Like, I've got a class. And they're like, oh, okay. And then this this mo this line of both boys has affected my entire life because now whenever I'm ever told, have a great day, I repeat to them, have a great day. Make a new friend. Every <laughs> single time. I don't think I've ever said, 
Just you two or have a good day. I tell people have a great day and make a new friend every single time. It's true. Like this is not something I like remember like weekly, monthly, like every time. Most days I say have a great day and make a new friend. So he's got a lot of friends. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell other people. Other people oh. have friends. Yeah, you're the friend maker. Yeah. I well, I encourage you guys to go make your friends. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you sit back at the apartment. But there was also a moment in this scene that was very funny where Rachel's just like, we don't have to do the dishes right now. Like we can do them after class. And Jack's like, well, my class isn't for an hour. My first class. And then Eric's like, my first class is probably over by now. (laughs) Yes. Which just goes to show he's still not willing to leave Rachel alone with Jack. It's true. (laughs) It's true. The grossness is still there. It's just a there. He always has to be there. Like um, a person. Yeah. And then Rachel leaves. And he burps. They walk. But then he takes the flowers out of the vase. What? He drinks the water. That's the first part where Quinn was like, what is happening right now? Like, is he <laughs> doing that in real life? Like, that's what she said. She's like, Mom, is this real life? Like, she had a look on her face. And she was very concerned. And she's like, is that water clean? Like, she was very concerned about this. I, I have no idea. I have no words. What? What? No. Like, get the donuts, do the burps, um, drink out of the carton. Those are all tropes. But what, what is happening? The over-exaggeration of how disgusting he is. Uh-huh. Which, his Gap sweater is, says everything to the contrary. <laughs> I, wait, what? I was just joking. His Gap sweater, like you know, that's a, that's his style. Like he, remember the episode at the very beginning of the series when he's like, "Look at me, I'm Gap." Oh yes, mm-hmm. I'm Gap. The way, the way he's dressed is like all evidence is to the contrary of the way that he then uh, like, drinks dirty flower water. Yeah, that's true. I never thought about it, but yeah, he does dress like very kind of like preppy, like exactly. He'd be the kind of person who would, and he does this earlier in the series. He sees a sock on his bed and freaks out about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I will remove. I'm sure Amy always kept their room clean. There's no way those boys clean their own rooms. They're not. You're so right. Mm-hmm. right. Cameron, are you googling something? I was just really curious if you can drink the water from plants, like you know, um, a bouquet. Like if there's a little vase with some water in it, um, and it says as long as the plants are non-toxic and they don't have fertilizer in it, you can drink it. And even yeah. the little powder stuff that you put in, you know, if you get a bouquet and there's that. Feeder stuff. Keeps them fresh. Apparently, it's non toxic. Okay. But, you know, I don't know if I'd want to be drinking that. Yes, just because you can. I don't know that you should. Yeah. (laughs) There's a sink behind him. He also had, I mean, he's like, tomato juice is so gross. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Literally anything is better to me than tomato juice. Mm -hmm. And that is fair. I could get behind that argument. I'll drink a flower vase water before I drink a tomato juice. Mm -hmm. Every time. Every time. Every single time. Um, yeah, I don't want I don't want tomato juice. I want donuts. Give me donuts. Flower water. But he also drinks out of the milk carton. So it's just kind of like, why don't you just drink that? He's yeah. just, he needs a lot of beverages, apparently. Which I mean, variety. I get it. I try to start every day with water and then do coffee and then do water again. That's just because I'm trying to stay hydrated. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Maybe flower vase water hydrates you better, and Eric knows that. Maybe so. Do we want to just finish up their story? Since uh, just one more scene. Yeah, we got two more scenes, right? 
Yeah, the they got the tag at the end, which is like potentially My divergent timelines, I suppose. Yes, but they're at um, dinner mm -hmm. at the apartment and they're eating the wildest combination of food. It doesn't, it makes zero sense. It bothers me to my core. So he said, it's so gross after eating this. He said, great job on the spaghetti, uh, Jack. And he's like, oh, and you did great on the mashed potatoes, but this gravy, heaven. So we are to understand that they have spaghetti noodles covered in marinara sauce with meatballs on the side and mashed potatoes with gravy on it. Mm -hmm. That is what we are to assume is being eaten here. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, we, that we know, really, because later in the food fight, all of those foods get used. I, that's true, but it's... No. No, it's also just some salad. Huh? There's also salad. There's mm -hmm. salad, but it's on the back counter and no one's eating it. No. And they, they make, like, ungodly amounts of spaghetti. So I actually wrote down, how are they affording this meal as well? Because then there's pie for dessert. I, I, like, what is happening? Yeah, what college student is making what three is able to make a five course dinner and pie. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, there's a big bat loaf of bread at the end of the table. Yes. Just sitting. <laughs> Just, I guess Jack comes from money, right? That's true. Jack does come from money. That is true. But here's the thing here's my thing about this meal everything is mushy. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. not a single piece of crunch in this entire meal. The salad and the bread would have provided that if it were on their plates. It's true. It's true. But this is just like, even the pie, like, I think I would be tired of that texture mm -hmm. by the time I got to the pie. I like pie, but I it's just it. like, I need, if it was like a, you know, crusty pie, like a fruit pie or something. Yeah, that's totally different. But even if you had a proper Italian dinner, would you want pie for dessert? No. You would want cake. Maybe. Lady fingers soaked in espresso. Tiramisu. Yeah, tiramisu. That's what you want. You don't want pie. Like, ooh, that was a really good spaghetti. Let me bust out my cherry pie. No, that's disgusting. No. I mean, I would do it because I am a disgusting man, but. <laughs> Men are gross. <laughs> we can't help it. We want pie with our spaghetti. Maybe that's the point. The real grossness isn't the unbuttoning of the pants. It's the making the mashed potatoes to go with spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the weird part yeah. about, like, they draw attention to it by saying it, which makes just all my alarm bells go. And then Rachel just doesn't mention it. She's like, yeah, mashed potatoes and spaghetti. It's if This made it through a script writer, <laughs> an editor, like yeah. everyone that made the food for the set. Like and people had to agree that this was an okay meal to put on the table. We already know that Jack and Eric are not good cooks. That's true. It's been established. Their pumpkin pie had bones in it. That's true. Which to be fair, you could do box mashed potatoes in the packet gravy. And then you could boil noodles and just use the jarred sauce. Yeah, that's probably what they did. Right? Yeah, not a lot of cooking going on. Exactly. So maybe that's why they made this meal, because it's the absolute easiest. I mean, that's probably why they have so many spaghetti noodles, is because either Jack or Eric was like, okay, we probably need like this much. And just yeah. like, did that. that to every single time I make spaghetti, Cameron, so stop it. <laughs> you can make not enough, or you can make enough for an army. Yeah, those are the only two options that I have. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. The only two options that I have when I make spaghetti. Yes, but um, the boys are there talking about watching Martha Stewart and how to freshen up their potpourri. <laughs> and yeah. Rachel's just finally not having it. She's just like, you treat me. You're acting different because I'm a woman. And like, you need to stop. Like, you 
never lived with a woman before. Like your mom doesn't count. And they're just like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. She says, I had lunch with a friend and we ate with our fingers. (laughs) Then she asks, have you ever lived with a woman before? Not your mother's. And Jack goes, I did stay with Nana Boo Boo for a second. (laughs) He turns to Garrick. Now there's a woman. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that means. Nana Boo Boo. (laughs) Another comment that you just choose to go, oh, and then move past. And we're done. We're done with it. (laughs) We're done with that comment. Um, but yeah, they keep having conversations like Rachel's not there. And my favorite part of this whole s- scene is when Rachel goes, and stop talking to each other like I can't hear you. Because that is, they're talking very loudly in front of her. Yes. You can see it. We have to keep up the front. <laughs> Stick with the plan. It's like, what is happening? Yeah. You go, you, she goes, um, what does he say? He says that our lives are perfect. Well, it's not. She can leave. She's mm-hmm. like, stop talking like I can't hear you. Yeah. And then, um, go ahead. To a point, she sticks her feet in the meatballs. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then rubs them all over Eric's shoes. She's just like, oh, I got my feet on the table. My mom told me never to put my feet on the table unless they're in marinara sauce. Mm-hmm. It's like rubbing them on Eric's face. And she dumps a plate of spaghetti on Jack's head. And he's yep. like, Martha Stewart said a good way to get that out is a mixture of bleach and turpentine and then just gets all over him. Yes. Spaghetti all over his head. Yeah. And then she starts throwing the mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. And just keeping like stick to the plan, stick to the plan. And she is just a bit at a time yeah. wearing it down. And then they go new plan. <laughs> and that's and when all the spaghetti comes out. The most fun any actor ever had on that show ensues for the next couple of minutes. Yeah. I, it's a long food fight. The thing I was going to say earlier is probably the most genuine reaction we have ever gotten mm-hmm. on Boy Meets World. Yes. Is, what? Yes. Keep going. Yes. Yeah, is when um, they get the pie and Eric puts it in Jack's face and part of it goes on to Rachel. But her face, I don't think you can act that. Like, <laughs> I think she is having a ball. She's uh-huh. having so much fun. She's like, I'm not your mother. I'm your roommate. Now hit Jack with the pie. Uh-huh. <laughs> but a lot of it gets on her too and she's just got this face like I can't believe that happened but I love that it did uh-huh. oh totally <laughs> even Eric's laughter through the whole scene is like it's the most genuine like we just are having fun right now mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah. I will be excited to hear the actors talk about that when they get to it in Pod Meets World I, don't, I'm, I haven't listened to it in a few weeks and there's um, still a ways off yeah there's, there's still a ways off but I will look for that one in a few yeah, that would be fun. And then Rachel's just like, I expect all of this to be cleaned up by the time I get out of the shower. <laughs> she goes, she walks off. Yeah. Yes, like, yes, mommy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's... That's it. That's that. Well, other than the tag at the end. Yes. Oh, that, Eric does. Is how long women take in the bathroom? Is that the joke? Yeah, it's a joke that she took 100 years in the shower. They were waiting there with pies to get her when she came out of the shower. Mm-hmm. She's like, this is going to be great. We'll stay here as long as it takes. If we ever stand here a hundred years, yeah, that's what we'll do. Yes. And they do. Yeah. Their skeletons turn to dust. <laughs> Their skeletons break apart. And she's still in the bathroom. She says she'll be out in a minute. Who's paying their rent during this time? I've got a lot of questions. <laughs> I mean, none of it makes sense, really. Um, a consistent theme to the show is what? But that's okay. <laughs> Especially this episode. Like, 
last season when Eric goes to Hollywood, I called that episode a cartoon because it absolutely 100% every moment of that episode is a cartoon, but in kind of the worst way. This episode, every moment of it is a cartoon, but in a kind of a delightful way. Mm -hmm. I think that's why I love this episode so much. It's completely unrealistic and it's not like it's not mockable, but it's just so funny. I laugh out loud multiple times and I smile the whole way through because it's that outlandish. Yeah, I get that. There's a there's a point during this episode where I'm like, how much am I disliking this? And I thought to myself, I'm like, I'm not, which feels weird because I kind of should be. Yeah, so. I mean, there's some parts when we get back to the Corey situation. There's some mm-hmm. parts like as an adult looking at this versus when I was a kid looking at this, mm-hmm. you know, which explains why my mom didn't love TGIF. But that's not the point. Mm-hmm. Oh goodness. Um, but yeah, so we uh, okay. We are done with that storyline, right? Does anyone want to bring anything else up? Jack, Eric, Rachel? Just that at some point we need to have an outdoor food fight. I've never had one. Quinn is now asking to have one. We just need to make it happen. I mean, Asher would love to have one. Mm-hmm. We, we have all got kids around the same age. Let's yeah. see. Mashed potatoes and spaghetti. Here we go. <laughs> mashed potatoes, please. <laughs> please don't spend any money on this. Oh, yeah, no. Crappy spaghetti sauce. Probably not the noodles because we don't need that. <laughs> the cheapest noodles. The, the cheapest noodles. The, mm-hmm. With creamiest pies. Well, you know, a standard pie in the face is just a tin with whipped cream filled in it. They don't actually mm-hmm. have a pie in it. Yeah. And so because of that, you I mean, that's actually just get a tub of Cool Whip. It's pretty cheap. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. This is brilliant. Okay. We got to figure out what park we're going to. I mean, I don't know if that's like a thing where you can get fined at a park for making it that gross. I don't know. <laughs> I rules on that. We'll put a tarp down. Fair. I mean, yeah, we can get two plastic bags, right? Slip and slide style. Mm-hmm. Two we plastic bags, cut them up, put them down, have a food An fight. alternative to fall, like, fall festival, fall food. <laughs> fall, fall food follies. Yes, I love it. <laughs> okay, yes, but we can go back to Corey and Topanga and Angela, who gets has an interesting add-in to this whole storyline, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it gets wacky. Um, I mean, we start with... Corey Ouch. in his room with the muscle man. Yeah, with a joke that I just don't love. Oh, the Fred reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not here for this joke. This will lose um, Corey any semblance of MVPness in my mind. <laughs> um, sorry. Yep. I mean, I'm not going to bag on Corey, but, and this is a very 90s joke. I get it. It's another time. It. Don't love it. I don't love it at all. Um, gay people are not a punchline. No, they're not. Um, and I will never, never be okay with them being one. Um, but yeah, so he's, they're watching the video together and crying, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of delightful. Uh-huh. <laughs> like they made friends over mutual heartache. And he's like, I've been there, little buddy. <laughs> yeah. You never see it coming. And then he yells out to paying his name again and he ha- yells out Fred and Corey looks like, looks what's happening? Are you... Doing something to me or something. Don't care. Don't love it. That whole part of it is cringe. Mm-hmm. We don't have to give it the time of anything. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. So then we have Topanga going into the student union. Mm-hmm. Rashawn is asleep on the couch. While people are playing ping pong behind him. Uh-huh. What time of day is it that he is still asleep? Well, you know, he has his like sounds of the trailer park 
tape that he listens to. He's used to <laughs> probably on his Walkman sleeping in those sort of situations. <laughs> That's true. He's slept in very loud situations before. Fair point. Fair point. Uh, <laughs> uh, I remember in college, like falling asleep late, like studying or whatever in the union, but mm -hmm. not with a full comforter, like <laughs> set up by the area of recreation. Like that just seems wild. like that nobody else would have been like, dude, get off the couch. Like I feel mm -hmm. like that would have been stated. There Man, was security's a joke around here. That's what we know. Well, I have I have slept overnight in public spaces on college campus. Um, there was a semester where I had an apartment, but I never went there. I was always on campus. Um, and occasionally, if I had nowhere to sleep, I would take a blanket um, and I would put it over two chairs. Uh, in what we called the the mezzanine um, to block out the the light, and I would cuddle up in the chair, blocking the light with another blanket, and I would just I'd just go to sleep. Chance, why did you not just ask me if you could stay in my room? Uh, I feel like it was like times you weren't there or something. I don't really remember. I remember doing it about three times. <laughs> oh my gosh! But I had places to sleep all over that campus. Mm -hmm. I had my favorite That's places to you. sleep in the student union. I had my favorite places to sleep in the library. Because whatever class you got out of, you needed to be able to go to sleep. Yeah, I had a tree on OU's campus that I slept on. Ooh, nice. Very nice. Um, the secret is, the secret to not getting like anyone to ask you to leave or anything is just have some books like to open and be like, yeah, I was studying and just decided to, to sleep here. You're like, oh, okay, well, as you were. Yeah. <laughs> Good man. They'll pretty much just let you do it. But no, Sean's definitely not doing that. He starts going, no, clown, no. Yes. Which is a Corey He's dream. Deep sleep. That's what I'm saying. It's wild. But then Topanga goes in to talk to him. She is dressed to the nines. That's my other thing. The kids on these college campus, I did not dress to the nines just to like go to the union. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They don't let Topanga wear anything but like a dress this whole episode. Right. Like, Where are jeans and a t-shirt in this girl's life? Like, I'm just saying. Yeah. I just it's want to know weird. that she's comfortable. <laughs> what? I just want to know that Topanga's comfortable. Yeah, comfortable to be her. You mm -hmm. know what? Your boyfriend's mad at you. You're like you're kind of stressed out. And what do you do? Like you get up early and put on this nice dress, do your hair, do your makeup, mm -hmm. and like that's no, that's just I'm worried about her mental health and self care. Quite frankly, <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Corey. Uh, not Corey. Sean wakes up. Um, Topanga sits next to him and they start talking about Corey, which this is the scene where I'm like, why are these people around him? Mm -hmm. This is so common that like you 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 just you have a regular discussion about it. Why are you still doing this to yourselves? No, mm -hmm. I actually wrote down on this part, why is she even still with him? Yeah. It makes zero sense. And it's not to say that he doesn't deserve happiness and love. He's just going through a time that maybe he needs to focus on himself and doesn't need to be in a relationship. Yeah, he's never he's never had that. Right. He's incredibly codependent throughout the entire show. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I've asked this several times this season. Um, you know, Corey was searching the caverns of his soul one time, and she's like, oh, no, not the caverns. And he was mocking a little girl in the last episode. <laughs> like... And it's like she's aware, like, no, not the caverns. Like, that's something he does every day. Like, clearly that's not, not the caverns. Anyway. Yeah. Anything not the caverns. I, I'm not going to get too down on Corey. But I'm just like, mm -hmm. if your friends are having this conversation about you, 
And then he comes in pretty aware. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like he's just spiraled out of control. Call him out on it either. Yes. They like, they just dance around his, uh, they they dance around him all the time. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, let's do that. Let's save this conversation for our listener mail because I think it's going to like kind of touch on some of that. Um, Yes. So they're having this conversation and Corey comes in and he's very put together. He's talking about how he's worked through it, past it, and he just has one question. He's like, what, what is this? line of the entire series. <laughs> would, you, would you like to quote it? Underpants! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're both under Sean's blanket, and then Corey rips it away, and Sean is wearing boxers with no pants. Yeah. And then Corey's just, underpants! But again, <laughs> when you fall asleep in the student union, why are you in your boxers? Should you not be fully clothed? That that is an excellent Shawnee, point. Shawnee, Sean. I have slept overnight in public areas in, at OSU, but I was always clothed. Fair. Mm-hmm. You um, freak. Yeah. I can't defend Corey, Sean on this one. Why are you in your boxers? Yes. But what was Corey thinking they were doing in this very public space with a lot of people around? You know, that's a great question, too. The bottom line is he knows better. He wants reassurance all the time. Mm-hmm. He knows these things in his mind to be true. He just wants constant reassurance that they love him and that and that that's all they care about. Yeah. And for better or worse, they do love him. But then he pressures them to go on a date, which took yeah. me a little bit back to when uh, Topanga pressured him to go on a date. A yes. Mm-hmm. This whole thing is a callback to the Lauren scene. scene yeah. But like, it seems unaware of it from like, cause Corey's totally on Topanga's side of that now. Like how can you have a kiss like that? And it not mean something. Yeah. Cause I mean, they spent, it wasn't like an episode. It was like six to seven episodes. It was of you like where the whole thing was, you, someone could kiss you and it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And then here Corey's on the other side and he's just like, Oh no, baby. It, you can't tell me that. Is I don't feel like the character development across this show period with any character makes any sense. Well, but that's, that's neither here nor there. I, I will always stand up that Sean's character development actually makes perfect sense. Sean is my one that I'm like, he develops, he changes, and I understand. I, I could follow it. Mm-hmm. No one else, though. No, no one else. Agreed. I would, yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, no one else's character development makes any sense. But... But you're right. It's a callback, and it likes it, it. It pretends to be completely ignorant of what happened the previous season. Yeah, that's what's so weird about it. Because like this, the line like you can't have a kiss like that, and it might not mean anything. It's something Corey says, but it's also something Topanga says in the Starry Night episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like, but now she knows. Are you? She learned it. Well, and the whole funny thing is she dumps him at the end of that because he went on the date that she told him to go on. And yet she thinks it's appropriate to mocking, like make fun of him while she's on the date that he told her to go on. Absolutely. He comes back from that date respectfully, at least. She totally mocks him and completely belittles his experiences and feelings. Regardless of whether or not he's living in an appropriate reality, her response also is pretty gross, honestly. Mm -hmm. And there's a paddle ball. Yes. How good is he at paddleball? Who can get that many in one time? That's what I want. <laughs> it, it's a good question. It's a good question. That's impressive. He has a hidden talent that he needs to take on the road. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So they go on their date. Mm-hmm. And Corey goes to talk to his new friend that he 
uh, gained through Stockholm Syndrome. Uh, his pal and confidant, Angela. <laughs> Angela. Because he has um, other friends. What? He's had these two friends his whole life. Yeah. Yeah. So this person that two episodes ago, he like forced to be his friend. Mm-hmm. He's like, what are you doing? She says, I'm studying white history. It turns out you guys have contributed a lot to this country. That line, I I just really appreciated so much. <laughs> and it didn't get its due pause. I no. wish they left the pause at least another three seconds to really let that joke land. And they just move right past it. And that is the that is the one-liner of the entire show that's like, oh, yes, please let that joke land. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, and, and it is kind of strange that they play the joke as Corey saying thanks is the punchline when yeah. Angela's line is clear yeah. the punchline. No. Yeah. Turns out you people have contributed a lot to this country. Yeah. But Corey's like, oh, thanks. Which and, again kind of proves a point. <laughs> uh, but but yeah. Yeah. So then he goes and seeks her advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he's just still freaking out. And she's just like, it was a movie. Yeah. He's like, but you didn't see the passion. And she's like, they were acting. Yeah. They they would never have feelings for each other because they love you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The kid, like, like, honestly, I, wa- I looked at the video. Their kiss wasn't that passionate. No. No. <laughs> it's it's like, the director's fault. The more heat, more heat. <laughs> he's like, yes. when the, on all the time you were with Sean, did he ever call out the name Topanga? She's like, no, he called out the name Corey a couple couple of times oh really in what context when you were being crazy well, it's okay if sean does it but not apparently fred <laughs> fred's <word. laughs> yeah, just like in the context of how stupid you are <laughs> yes. but he seems to almost get to reason and then he hears them outside the door mm-hmm. she like talks him down and he's like you know you're right you and then he's just like you you stupid head yes something like that because he hears them come back Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I feel like I know how Deanna's going to react to this scene. I had very mixed feelings, um, but he kind of follows them as they go into Corey's room, and they have a script talking about their passion, and then they start playing with just the craziest amount of toys that have ever been in a dorm room, ever. But in that script, I did write it down because I thought it was funny. They're like, we've been fighting it for 15 years. I'm like, you're 18. <laughs> They've been fighting it since they were three. I don't know. Yeah. This is crazy. And we've established that they were in like kindergarten when they met. Right. So at best, it'd be like 12 years. Yeah. At best. Yes. At best, 12 years. Yeah. Um, But they get out all of the weird toys that make no sense. (laughs) Yes. The uh, ball, the moo can. Mm hmm. More. More. Yeah. They start. Sean. Starts. Playing it How over. Do you like over. what I'm doing to you now. Like that's disgusting. That's gross. Yes. <laughs> the ball and then the moo and the the voice recorder gun thing. I don't even know what that was. Yeah. Why do you have that in your dorm room? <laughs> the the clapping robot. And I'm just like And the cowbell. The cowbell at the end. Yes, the cowbell at the end. Um, all the while, I'm trying really hard to pay attention. But all I can think of is, why are there pictures of roads and buses above Corey's bed? Mm-hmm. Well, I, th- I, th- I thought that was Sean's bed. Because the picture of the bus was in the trailer, his trailer with his dad. There was a picture oh. of that bus. Mm-hmm. So Can in my mind, his dad mind? just gave that to him and he put it up in his dorm room. 
Again, why? Oh, I don't know. Just Cameron. a little taste of home. Maybe these are pictures from Chet's travels. Maybe so. Okay, that makes it makes like I literally since I can't take a screenshot like on Disney Plus, I mm-hmm. pulled this scene up on YouTube and took screenshots and like zoomed in on them. <laughs> I was like, "What are these?" But it makes so much sense that that's Sean's bed. Mm-hmm. Associate that bed with Corey for some reason because that's where he usually is. Okay, maybe they flip flopped this this maybe. episode. Okay. Never mind. I don't have that question anymore. It's answered. Um, good. Glad we can answer that one. <laughs> um, but Corey just walks away crestfallen as he's listening to all of this wildness happening. I I want to know what's going on in Corey's head. What does he think is happening with a cowbell? See, honestly, I don't think he ne- like. I don't think he necessarily thinks anything real is happening. But also, they're not validating him. Mm. And so he's. It's like okay, this is all a joke to them. But I'm uh-huh. really way you don't think that think that there's some of that element of it even the way that he brings it back at the end with angela is like okay this is like you know like they maybe they really did have a good time and they're just trying to make me mad or it's like they're not validating me i'm not the center of attention they're mocking me Mm -hmm. like and it okay so you chalk it up to uh, narcissism basically i mean not even narcissism necessarily just like uh, they're not you know like this is all a joke to them, and these are my real feelings. Mm, okay, I like that. So, is what Sean and Topanga do too mean? I mean, honestly, with a friend like Corey who's over the top all the time, and they need to get a, give a reality check, probably not. But at the same time, if you never call them on it, how do you expect to be able to try to call them on it in such a passive aggressive way? Like they're being passive aggressive and silly, and he's being over dramatic. It's just a bad combination. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessarily too mean to do what they did because I think they thought it was so overly joking, you know, Mm -hmm. but I also don't think it's a good way to resolve a legitimate concern in a friendship. (laughs) I think that's a good point. Cameron. I would agree. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of funny from like just a TV standpoint, but then at the same time, it's just like, Oh yeah. As the the entertainment, it's funny. What's the, like, why? Mm-hmm. Why are you why are you doing this? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was fairly inconsiderate. Mm-hmm. They didn't really think about like how would Corey feel? But at the same time, they were like so over the top that like Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. But yeah, we 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 they pop out and yell surprise, but Corey's gone because he has with a very sad look on his face, sold mm-hmm. off. Yeah. Yeah. The, so they're like well, uh-oh. <laughs> we gotta go find him. This one. Um, then we come, Corey's got Angela. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know, because she's like right across the hall. <laughs> so I don't know how this exactly works out. Corey needed to walk around the building before he went in to talk to Angela. Mm-hmm. But he's like, they're here. Listen to the door. See what's going on. And she's like, there's nothing going on. Like, I can hear it. Yeah, she says, oh, they're nestling. Sounds. They're nestling. Yes. So she opens the door to find the room empty. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and then they have like a a conversation. Which why she had to shove him on the bed and get on top of him to kiss him to prove the point. I don't know. Like you could kiss him a lot less aggressively to prove mm-hmm. that point. Yeah, but I I do think that maybe part of the point is like I did this for a reason. They did that for a reason. And even as over the top as this is, like oh yeah, I can see that. Yeah, because he she's trying to talk to him like. 
have you ever thought about me like romantically? And he's like, no. Or have you ever had past, like had intense feelings for me? And he's like, one time you didn't give me a birthday present. <laughs> She's yes. like, not like that. Though and that's not surprising. What were uh, you going to say? Yeah. Oh, I just said, then he brings up, well, in a dream. Yeah. It was a nice dream. Like that whole thing was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah. But then she's like, but it wasn't real. So it's like, it didn't continue. And then she like pushes him on the bed. And he's like, oh no, the dream. Yeah. But then she kisses him and he's like, nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you don't love me, Corey. You love to ping her. <laughs> yeah. He's like, she's like, do you love me, Corey? He's like, no, sorry. She's like, I've been getting that a lot lately. But again, <laughs> even though my kiss with Lauren was nice and she's a nice girl, <laughs> love Topanga and didn't feel anything. Yet for some reason, I need Angela to push me down on a bed for me to get that. Yeah, to get that lesson. Yeah, <laughs> this even has the same resolution as the other one, except it's Corey learning the lesson instead of Topanga. Mm-hmm. One callback to the Lauren thing, like, Corey, this has all happened before or something like that. And it could have been saved for me, but it's so weird. Yeah. The cartoonishness of the episode, you can't think about it too realistically. Yeah, that's true. And so then he cuddles with Angela on the bed because since he doesn't love her, apparently he can do that. (laughs) But then he's like, but what about when I caught them with the underpants? Corey. That's all she says. Um, Then Topanga comes in and he's like, what if, what did you do if you caught someone in such a compromising position? And then in comes the penguin. She's like, Sean, I found Corey. He's in bed with Angela. They're so cute. And then they jump on him. And then they That's the thing that kills me about that. That's like the one part that I was like, oh, because they both jump onto the bed to like play. And as Angela, if you're still crushing on Sean and he broke up with you and he's like tickling you in bed with the other people that's in love and about to get married. It's like, that's a little bit triggering. That's Mm -hmm. a little hard. Yeah. (laughs) This is, I don't know, because earlier... I'm just piecing some things together because earlier this isn't, this isn't actually what the plot line of Sean and Angela, but when Angela opens the door and it's like, there's nothing here. I felt like that bed was tilted down a little bit. And I'm just curious if when maybe this is the second take at this scene of them jumping onto the bed and maybe the first time the bed broke. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just kind of slouching down a little bit. Well, we know maintenance at this dorm isn't very good. So I would assume it would break. Yeah. No, yeah, I totally agree. Four human beings on one bed. Yeah, (laughs) they've broken the bed on the take and needed to reshoot that scene. Sure, I'll go with it. But it was, it was, it's a great episode. It gives you all the classic, Mm -hmm. typical sitcom one-liners. Yeah, I think, I think that's a perfect transition to ratings. Um, We'll go Cameron, then Deanna, then me. Um, I mean, there's a few things that don't hold up, but I, it's, it's fun. It's really iconic. So I think I'm going to give it a nine. Mm. Oh, okay. Very nice. Very nice. Um, and this is on a scale of one to 10, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And is 10 the best of Boy World or the best of like any show? Um, Like among the best of Boy Meets. Okay. I rate the episodes like on a Boy Meets World only scale. Okay. That's fair. On a Boy Meets World scale, I would also give it a nine almost strictly for underpants because it really is just so great (laughs) underpants it's such a great line um but i think it is it's the over the topness i can't help but laugh because it's so preposterous Mm -hmm. and it's really fun it doesn't take itself too seriously so yeah i would probably give it a a nine as well 
I'm probably going to go 8.5. Uh, one, just to be a little different. You know me. I'm a little... I'm a, mm-hmm. He's just a rebel. Um, but also, um, I really did not like the Fred joke. <laughs> I didn't like the Fred joke at all. It doesn't land well at all. I really don't appreciate it. Yeah. So I'm just going to... I'm going to scoot it in with that 8.5. But... This will easily be our highest rated episode. Highest rated it is at an 8.83, which is over a full point higher than our next highest episode. Mm, Yeah. Which is a 7.75. It ain't college great. Ain't college great. That makes sense to me. Okay. Um, Now we got to do an MVP. Um, I have two that I'm okay with. What do you guys think? Corey. Definitely not. I give one MVP. So can I pick two since you picked two? Well, we got to narrow it down to one, but I've kind of got two contenders in my head. I give it to Angela strictly for the white history joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was thinking Angela as well. Yeah, it's either Angela or Rachel for me. Um, I say Rachel would be my number two. Yeah. But if I can only choose one, that joke was so poignant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's give it to Angela. Yeah, I love just like, I've been getting that a lot lately. Mm-hmm. She's also like the the voice of reason this episode, you know. She's She's been that a lot this season. She has been that a lot this season. Is that her third MVP this season? Um I'm loving that we have a sheet now. It's had it once. She's had it only one the entire episode when they are in college that ever studies. Yeah, she's the only one that's actually doing college. (laughs) I think this is her only one. This is her only one? Yeah. I don't know how that's possible, but okay. For friendly persuasion, we gave it to Feeney. Oh, um, yeah. when he was doing then when he was in class and was Rachel's partner, he does kind of give in to Corey. She does kind of give in to Corey. Mm-hmm. She should have stood her ground. Mm-hmm. Um, she did it this time. She made it. Yeah, and then um, boy meets <laughs> cowbell. Mm, boy meets the heat. <laughs> <laughs> That's very the good. The heat. I'm doing it. Yeah, boy meets the heat. <laughs> It's very good. Um, boy meets white beer. Yeah. Boy meets white history. Boy meets white. Um, okay. So I am going to pull up a couple of listener uh, questions on Twitter, um, and I'm I'm jumping to this so quickly because I think there's there's a fair amount to talk about. Yeah, and we've been at this for a while. Yeah, I don't want it to be too terribly. Um, okay, so. Um, Mike, obviously, but also um, Philip Boone. Um, I really thinking we're being too hard on Corey. That that Corey maybe we're we're playing up his neuroses a little too much. Um, maybe you know change is scary enough to warrant these things. Maybe it's cute that Corey is so insistent that Angela needs to be his friend. And I just want to, I want to give that thought it's due. Mm -hmm. So um, let's start with, uh, Deanna, I don't know how familiar you're going to be with the last few episodes. I actually listened so that I would know what you guys have said about the season thus far. Okay. You're doing your homework. Reviews. Yes. Oh, great. Wanted to be prepared. So we're prepared than we are. Philip says um, that I do think Corey goes a bit overboard. Um, but Corey's idealistic uh, relationship views in this episode are some of his favorite parts. And he didn't think we were, he was near as bad as we made him out to be. So is Corey 
but were we too hard on Corey? Is my question. Which episode specifically is he referring to? So this is when um, Angela says they were never really friends to begin yeah. with, and um, he is insistent that they are. So my take as a third party observer, and I don't, I don't have any skin in the game. Yes, this is a show that has a lot of hyperbole in it. But at the same time, I think she is like the only character in the show that ever actually tells him anything, like any truth, really. Mm-hmm. For the most part. Sean does too sometimes. But I think, you know, it's kind of one of those things that's like, yeah. Even back in the high school episodes when like Sean and Angela kind of started, it was, there were, I mean... There was never any actual, and it's kind of a normal thing, right? Like when you break up with somebody, usually like you don't see their friends anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you lose them as a friend. Um, but I think his biggest issue is not that he feels bad that he can't be friends with her because Sean broke up with her. I think it's because she's Topanga's best friend. Mm-hmm. And that's the reality is like, he's realizing I was only friends with you because you were with Sean, but I actually wish I would have created a friendship with you based on your relationship with my, my girl. Yeah. So I don't think it's hard on him. Moral of the story. <laughs> yeah. And the aggressiveness to which he pursues it when she's in the middle of a breakup. Mm-hmm. Give her some space, man. Give her some space. Agreed. Yeah, she's processing stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I think there is a level to which, especially in the 90s, we're supposed to give these characters a bit of um, slack, I think, for like just knowing it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. Right? Like... And, and, and that's supposed to seem an endearing trait. Um, you know, if you think back to the the Disney World episode, where he kind of does what he did to um, Angela, to Topanga in that episode a little bit. Like, not going anywhere, so you might as well give me what I want. Mm-hmm. I will chase you forever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I think there's a level to which we're supposed to find it endearing and that it can be... It can be interpreted as endearing. I think for me personally, when I think we're at a point right now where like the privilege of the 90s and early 2000s is kind of getting out of hand and we're kind of seeing the ugly side of like that, like kind of passing up on those things. It's very difficult for me to not call it out and say it's bad. Does that make any sense? Mm -hmm. Like it's very difficult for me to say like, oh yeah, it's cute that he has this idealized relationship. Because, like, if it was idealized, it would have been there. <laughs> like, it's not even idealized. He just wants it and can't not get what he wants. But I think that's kind of the thing, too, of, like, the difference between, like, this show, like I said at the beginning, I love this show so much, but it didn't age well. Yeah. Um, cool. And I think this that's one of those episodes that's like, okay, like, when you're a kid watching it and it seems funny... But now, like, I kind of have a little bit more of a critical view of it to where I'm like, that's not a healthy relationship style that I want my own daughter engaged in. To yeah. where she can't set boundaries and tell you to get away from her. Like, even the Disney World episode, like, I would tell my daughter, like, that is not reasonable. He needs to give you your space. You're asking for space and he's not doing that. That is mm-hmm. not okay. And we normalized it in the 90s because it was romantic. But at the same time, and I get that it's like cheesy and it's sitcommy and it's, TGIF and all the things, but I also think there's a reality that a, a lot of kids grew up expecting that that was okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think I think just in general, um, and I think this is still a thing. I don't know. It was when we were in high school, but like friend zone culture, mm-hmm. like people thinking they deserve something because they've been the good person or they've been there. Mm-hmm. Like, and 
like there's so many stories now of how toxic that's gotten and how like it's led to stalker situation or it's led to like sexual abuse. Like, Mm -hmm. and I just feel like that kind of mentality is kind of bled into that a little bit. And I'm not saying it's solely responsible, but I think the boys will be boys mentality of it all kind of adds to it. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm just thinking that other people need to own your own personal feelings. Mm hmm. Like I'm upset. And so no matter how upset you are, you have to help resolve the fact that I'm upset mm-hmm. is not okay. Yeah. My feelings are more important than yours. So I can chase you all over Disneyland. Yeah. Or into the bathroom. Like uh-huh. that's like, that's just kind of insane. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you're wrong at all. And I think that's kind of the problem is I think sitcoms are over the top, but they play on stereotypes mm-hmm. and they play on, and, to, and then in, to a degree end up like normalizing these stereotypes. And I think that's why it's like, well, yeah, this show didn't age well when it comes to going, okay, no, that's really not a healthy relationship dynamic. Yeah. And I, I think to Philip's credit, um, I think there is a way to be nostalgic about this when times were simpler. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I don't, if you read it that way, it's art. It's open to interpretation, right? And if you read it that way and it's like, oh, you guys are overthinking it. You're putting too much of a modern lens on it. Like this is, this is, I don't know, Screech and Laura. Like Screech just knows that Laura's meant to be with them. This isn't like a, a privilege thing. <laughs> then I, I guess I can understand that. I just don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. I think it's okay to say that I love the nostalgic value of a show, but also be able to look at it with a critical eye as an adult and Mm -hmm. someone that's like raising a daughter and wanting things to be different for her. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think you can do both. Like there's tons of movies that didn't age well. I mean, there's tons of stuff that's like, I love to watch the Sandlot. Don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean I think it's necessarily funny that he forces himself on a lifeguard and everyone laughs about it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it's not nostalgic and fun for me to remember and as like a part of my childhood. But that's also not the point of your podcast. I don't feel like your point is just nostalgia. You kind of well, want to go back and it critically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think interpreting Boy Meets World through a modern lens is kind of part of the show, whether it was intended to be or not. Yeah, it definitely is what it has become. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but like understanding that as the season six and season seven, progress Corey doesn't really get a lot better um yeah and so just Probably. realizing like every episode we don't need to beat that drum of like Corey's being horrible let's mm-hmm. talk about that for half an hour because like we know I would yeah fair. you've given it its fair point and so now you can just call back to it you probably don't have to agree mm-hmm. we'll yeah get the timestamps on this episode and say if you want to hear what we have to say about this go to from here to here in this yeah episode. i I still don't like him in the last two episodes. I still think, you know, I still think he projects his his feelings onto other people too much and forces them to deal with the reality of his emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and no one calls him on it. You, the last episode where with uh, what's her name, uh, Natasha, something like uh, that. Was that the um, little girl episode? Mm-hmm. I that one. You're. I remember when I watched it, thinking this is insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a girl. Um, to be completely honest. So I think your points are valid, but again, we've already called out some of his like ridiculous traits. So, yeah. And I I don't want to, I don't want to fix on it, but like if the show was self-aware of it and the show, like 
his dad and him didn't have a cute little wrap up at the end. And his dad was like, I'm really disappointed in you for what you did or something like that. It could have saved the whole thing for me. It doesn't have to be big, but like, Hey, don't make your feelings. Other people's problems. I feel like is a lesson Corey needs to learn. And the show isn't interested in teaching. him. So, yeah, that's fair. I like that last part that you said, the show isn't interested in teaching that part of it. The show is only interested in the happy ending. So cue music. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll have some emotional moment. Because we've gotten a few different uh, texts from people, I just wanted to have that conversation, talk about why we think the way we do, maybe, mm-hmm. um, and have have a real dialogue. But I think that's it. I think yeah. we did it. We did it. <laughs> Everybody clap. Thank you guys, I appreciate it. It was fun. Uh, Deanna, were we, were we too disgusting and burp too much and we're just slobs and you just will never come back? Mm-hmm. I haven't been wearing pants this whole time. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the beauty of it because we're friends. And so we should just be able to be discussing together. <laughs> oh, Don't treat me differently because I'm a woman. <laughs> uh, would you like some of this flower vase water then? <laughs> would, you, would you like to drink some flower vase water? My noon is gone. So next time. I looked it up. It's safe to drink as long as the plants aren't yeah. toxic. Um, when we do our Deanna, if you come back for season seven, I will pro- provide you with a flower bit vase to drink out of the whole time. This sounds very good. If you can get, I tell you what, if you can get 10 Twitter people to say that they want to see me drink or hear me drink flower based water, I'll do it. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> you heard it here first, everyone. <laughs> uh, so we will have um, a sequel. <laughs> perfect. That's got to be a good episode. Another episode that. That's what it's for. So tune in. Well, do we have anything else? Um, BG World Fever at BG World Fever at everything or BG World Fever at gvillain.com if you want us to talk about your thoughts on the show. Mm -hmm. Thoughts for your thoughts. Um, We would love to, we would love to hear about it. We want to thank Deanna for being a great guest. Mm -hmm. Thanks for having me. It was fun. (laughs) It was. It was great. Uh, And I think that's all I've got. And that's all I've got. Deanna? All right. That's it. So from all of us here. At Boy Meets World Fever. So long, world. So long, world.